I'm Alex L. And I'm Libby Delena. Welcome, Welcome to, to This Morning, Morning Walk podcast. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Libby. I have my cup of tea here. I know we usually talk about tea at the end, but I have it right here. I'll try not to slosh it around. <laughs> I have my chai here too. And I really, I'll save the mug for our ending tea ceremony. But no, we both have our tea with us. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good now that I'm talking to you. But as I headed out on my walk this morning, I woke up with a, like a very uncomfortable sort of headache. And I don't know, it came with a little bit of grumpiness. So as I headed out for my walk, I sort of felt wobbly. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Sort of wobbly, a little prickly, a little uncomfortable, not in my body, maybe a little bit of worry in my chest. And so as I walked along, what I realized was I couldn't get into sort of a rhythm of breathing. I couldn't get into sort of a peaceful place. I couldn't get grounded in my body at all. And what sort of came up was this feeling of, gosh, you can't find your way today. It was a very familiar route. It was incredibly spring-like and glorious. In many ways, I was, I had no idea where I was going. Mm. Isn't life wild? (laughs) And not just when it comes to our walks, right? It's like, as you were talking, I was thinking about how many times in the past five months that I've felt like I've completely lost my way. And I'm curious to know, like, with you feeling that way this morning, how did you regain center? Did you regain center? And did you ever find your way? Or sometimes is it okay that we just are lost? I would say that by the time I finished my walk, I was still lost. And felt a lot of uncertainty about, you know, even simple things of what was important to attend to today. Was it important to tend to that little worry in my stomach? Was it, you know, sort of things on the to-do list? You know, I couldn't decide if that was important to attend to or not. And so I would say it was sort of this mysterious, unfamiliar And what I decided to do was simply actually after my walk, I sat on the back step, went and got a cup of tea and just sat with it and tried to sort of give it a little extra room around the edges, not try and solve it, not try and sort of convince myself that, you know what, everything's fine. Look, it's this beautiful day. Everything's blooming. So I just sort of sat and, uh, just recognize that actually, I think the best way I can describe it, the way it felt physically was I didn't know where my feet were. Mm. I had no idea how to get grounded today. And yeah, I think I still feel that way a little bit. You know, you and I have often talked about walks make things better. And that is the case. And I think the thing that it made better for me today or gave me clarity around was, you know, not being able to find my way is okay. It's okay. It is okay. And the mystery of where we are, you know, you and I talk about, you know, get grounded and look up. So really what I ended up doing was I sat down, I put my feet on the ground, I had my cup of tea and I looked up, looked up at the sky and just sat with that feeling. Sat with that feeling of being alive. Even when we're lost, we are alive. If we are alive, we can notice our life, whether we are lost or centered. And I think hearing you say that 
you got your tea and you just sat on the back porch and you sat with it. Like there is something so deeply spiritual to me about that, especially as I reflect on my own journey and my own many, many, many times of being and feeling lost and how I've learned or how I am learning to stay. I wear a gold pendant around my neck that has learned to stay on it. And that is from the beloved Pema children and learning to stay with myself even when I feel lost is like such a stunning gift and being okay with like not finding myself on my walks (laughs) is also a gift, right? It's also like, I don't have to figure anything out. I went for the walk. I moved my body. I listened to nature. I came home. I'm still lost and I'm still alive and like letting just that be it. Yeah. That was the walk today. How does that feel in your body when you're in that place where that sort of mysterious place of I'm alive, but I don't know where I am? How does that show up for you? It used to make me feel really confused. Now it makes me feel really grateful. And the reason why it makes me feel grateful is because I am alive enough to experience the sensation of lost. And there were points in my life where like, I just didn't even want to be on this earth. And so when I think about how far I've come, I'm like, oh girl, being lost is the least of your concerns. (laughs) It is okay to be lost. You don't have to be confused about finding your way. You are alive and you can try again tomorrow, you know? And like, that is really where gratitude finds me. It's living in the space of, I don't have to be okay and I don't have to fix anything. And I'm just grateful to be here. You know, and, but I know that that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of us because we're taught to be alive is to fix, to be alive is to attend to, to be alive is to know where you're going, but that's not our human experience all the time, you know? And so like, how do we find gratitude in both the journey of like, oh, I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly how I feel and, you know, everything is well. And then how do we find peace when we don't and when we're lost? How do we find gratitude in those moments too? And so, yeah, that's what I would say to that. Yeah, I like that. That's helpful. I think for me, that sensation, there's something culturally that has been, that I've absorbed about being lost. There's some kind of cultural judgment about that, right? There's some kind of, as you were saying, we're supposed to be doing, we're supposed to be on a path. We're supposed to know that path. We're supposed to identify that journey. And I have to say, as my dad used to say all the time, we're not lost. We just don't know where we are. And there was something about, you know, let's just take the scenic route. Who knows what we're going to bump into? To your point, we're alive and let's go on this path that we have no idea where it's going. We have no idea where, and I don't know where we are. I, I can't place this on the map, but look at how beautiful it is. Look at how magnificent it is. And if we're out here together, how amazing is that? So this notion of being lost, I think, could use a, a new understanding, a rebrand. Yeah, it's kind of like failure, right? I think being lost is, I don't know that I hold it this way yet, but I can feel it coming on that maybe being lost is this really magical, creative, beautiful unknowing. There's this beautiful unknowing that I think sort of showed up for me today. It was, it didn't feel threatening. I did feel wobbly because I was uncertain about it and I was unfamiliar. And to your point, it was uncomfortable, but 
not really very uncomfortable, but there's this beautiful knowing that I guess that's the language that sort of showing up for me. It's interesting. I said both it's uncomfortable and it isn't uncomfortable. I think it's maybe that's it. Maybe it's both. I was both uncertain about it and had this energy around wanting to solve it or find a solution. And yet when I did sit with it, my body, I became more comfortable with it. That's probably the best way to say it. Hey, it's Torre. Every week on my podcast, Torre Show, I interview amazing people like Andre 3000, Jada Pinkett Smith, Brisha Webb, Charles Blow, and all sorts of people about what fueled their rise to success and the ways in which being Black shows up in their work. If you want some inspiration to help achieve your dreams, listen to Torre Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. But see, that's what it is to be lost, to be unsure, uncertain, and also like, oh, maybe I can find my way. Something that came to mind for me is I used to walk this path by my grandmother's house to go to the park. And there would be days where I would leave the path because there was like these little bushes of like wild raspberries. And I would leave the path and go wander and look at the plants and the dandelions and the buttercups and the wild raspberries and sometimes there's wild cherries growing in the trees and it was just like as a 10 11 12 year old kid who was just kind of out and about headed to the park back in the day when you could like actually do that a little bit more than you can now I feel like I found myself feeling most free when I wasn't on the path when I got off track when I didn't know if I even wanted to go to the park anymore, you know, because <laughs> I want some wild raspberries and I want to explore what's off the trail, you know? And so as you were talking, like, that's what came up for me. I literally saw my younger self just moseying along and then deciding, you know what, I'm going to go down off this path, down the hill and just see what's there, you know? And Granted, I wasn't lost, but I could have gotten lost, you know, from t deterring from the path, especially when Nana says, you go here, you go there. Don't get off the path, <laughs> don't get off the path, right? And so I think just as I talk through this out loud, that's where our lessons are. Like when we step off the path, when we give ourselves permission to like get lost a little bit, and to not hold it together and to not have to be the person who people want us to be and to not have to know why we're feeling this way instead of just being with how we're feeling. I just did a talk on protecting our peace earlier this morning for Insight Timer and we talked about what it means to protect our peace and something that came up in the session or the three points that came up in the session are honoring and accepting what is not forcing what isn't and sitting with discomfort. And I think that all links back to being lost and finding our way, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love those three points. I just wrote them down. 
So, yeah, I think, you know, as I listened to you share those thoughts, I started with this idea that I couldn't find my way. And, you know, that's a way to define exploration. It's a way to define adventure. And I don't mean big, glorious, extreme adventure. I just mean, isn't it interesting that, you know, I couldn't find my way. I love adventure. I love exploring. I love, to your point, stepping off the path a bit. I'm going to have to go for another walk and think this through. But the notion that, in a way, that made me feel wobbly. I'm interested. So I'm going to have to do a little bit more excavation around that. Why did that make me feel uncertain this morning? I'm not sure. But yeah, the notion of not being on the path can be reframed with gratitude, presence, exploration, adventure. And I think your third point of your conversation this morning being okay with that discomfort. So I came back, I felt wobbly. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. That's, that's what it was today. That might need to go on a shirt. That's what it was today. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we got. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. So you haven't been for your walk yet. It's pouring rain. It's pouring rain and I'm sick. And so I am trying to go gently because a part of me is like, after this conversation, I'm getting in the bed. I'm not going for a walk. (laughs) But um, good idea. when it stops raining, I'm going to go for a very short walk, like loop my neighborhood before we go about those little walks and like what they spark in you. Because when I first started walking, I was kind of rigid about it and I wanted it to be a certain way. And then after I hit a hundred days, it's like, it is what it is. And after I hit 200 days, it's like, oh, wow, it's been 200 days and some walks are long, some are short. And now I'm, I'll be approaching 300 days in the summer at some point. And it's just like, I have learned so much about myself through each walk, no matter how long or how short they are. And I'm curious to know what those little walks, because you've taken them too, teach you about finding yourself. Because it's in those shorter walks where I kind of feel more connected, more intentional, and I don't quite know why. Hey, walk stars. I want to turn you on to one of my favorite podcasts in the entire world. It's the 10% Happier Podcast, and it has one guiding philosophy. Happiness is a skill you can learn, and I truly believe this. So why not master it? Hosted by Dan Harris, a journalist who had a panic attack on national television and then set out on a journey of transformation. He's now on a quest to help others achieve peace and happiness. Every week, Dan talks to top scientists, meditation teachers, and even the odd celebrity in wide-ranging conversations that explore topics like productivity, anxiety, enlightenment, psychedelics, and relationships. The interviews cover everyone from Brene Brown to Alexander Draymond to Sam Harris. So, Walkstars, as you know, this podcast is much more than just about walking. It's the same for 10% Happier. Think of listening to 10% Happier as a workout for your mind. Find 10% Happier wherever you listen to podcasts.
Yeah, they're condensed, right? It's a condensed moment. Let me think about that. My quick snappy answer to you would be, that's what it was today. It's a short walk today. Let's see, the short walks, this is what's coming up for me. You know, when you have your, let's call it your favorite cookie in the world or your favorite piece of cake, having more cake isn't better than less cake, (laughs) right? Well, actually, that's not true. I love cake. Cake's like one of my favorite things. We should probably use something else. I think the thing about short walks is we often are going on a short walk because perhaps we don't feel well, or that's the time that we have for the day. And it is this exquisite commitment to what we've talked about, this fidelity, right? So I think what happens on the short walks is our intention and our commitment to ourselves gets compressed somehow. You're like, I do not feel well today, but I am not going to forego that thing that I know is really meaningful to me, really important to me. So I guess there's something about committing to a walk, even when that walk is very different than we're used to and and, and shorter. For me, again, my walks are usually shorter because I have a full day or I'm not feeling well or the weather is what it is. That, but what shows up for me is this rowdy commitment to, well, we're going anyway. And that is, I, you know, I guess I chose the word rowdy because it's so invigorating. There's an, a really bright energy around, I'm going to go. And that feels, I don't know, I guess that feels great. And I also think it is a time when we realize, right, the number of steps don't matter. The number of miles do not matter. It is this intention to go. Does that resonate? I think I feel that it is that compression of time, space, energy, and intention. Intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It becomes a little more condensed, a little brighter, a little more, I wouldn't say urgent because that makes it sound like a time thing, but there's something about those short walks that are really delicious in their shortness. So for those of y'all at home who haven't walked yet, or who don't want to walk, take a short walk. It doesn't have to be long. We don't have to be on the journey, you know, for miles and miles. We can get some of the same lessons. We do not. In about 10, 15 minutes. Absolutely. In fact, I think what you and I are saying, it is maybe in those 10 or 15 minute walks that you get all the message of the longer walks. It's just more. <laughs> and if you, at this time of year, it's spring, if you can find a beautiful plant to walk past or a something that reminds you of spring even better on those short walks. So back to our tea. You're drinking something today. What you drinking today? I am drinking just a plain old Earl Grey. It's very delicious. I love it. I have a little steamed milk in it and I'm drinking it out of a mug by a company, a pottery group called Cat and Roger. And this mug was given to me by a very dear friend, Wanda. And so every time I have a sip of tea, I think of her, which is lovely. Oh, I love it. Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) I am drinking chai out of a very cute pink East Fork pottery mug. It is their collaboration cup with Diaspora Co. And I had some delicious chai in it and it's gone. (laughs) I did make the chai. It was really yummy. What was in it? What were the ingredients? Well, black tea, of course, cardamom, ginger, nutmeg, clove, black pepper, all, you know, crushed up. And then 
I did steamed milk and a tablespoon, not even a tablespoon, that's a lot, half a tablespoon of brown sugar. So it was a sweet chai. Mm. And do you cook it all together on the stovetop and then strain it? Yummy. I'll be right over. <laughs> when you come back from your walk, I'll be there. And I'll have a cup of tea <laughs> <Yeah>. waiting for us. <laughs> okay. Well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for this. You sure will. Bye. Bye. This Morning Walk podcast is produced by me, Wayne Bertram. Me, Alex L. And me, Libby Delena. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and review. Your support is greatly appreciated. Don't forget to follow This Morning Walk on Instagram for weekly journal prompts and photos from our walks. Until next time, take care. Thanks Thanks for for walking walking with us. us.